Dear Lord, we, uh, we ask you today to uh, bless us on our lesson that we're about to hear and bless Mr. Marlin with our good word and uh, that we learn a lot and retain everything he says. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I've had these, this thought in mind for some time. Back in the spring, I was asked to speak at the singles conference, and we didn't make it because uh, we were having an ice storm. And this is not the same message, but it's the same topic that I've had in mind. The days are evil. And uh, really spent a fair amount of time considering what that means. Uh, basically, what I would say that means is, is that the days are few and they go by quickly. Um, I'll give you an example. When I was a child, every day was Saturday. You go to bed on Sunday night, you wake up Saturday morning. Go to bed Monday night, you wake up Saturday morning. Every day was Saturday. You know, you just didn't have any responsibilities. And then one day I woke, went to bed on Sunday night and I woke up and it was Monday morning. <clears throat> and then went to bed Monday night and it was Tuesday morning. Now I go to bed on Sunday night and it's Thursday. <laughs> I live through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, but I can't really account for where the time has gone. So in Genesis chapter 47, it says, And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, You have to understand, so Jacob comes to, to Egypt, and his son is there, and has, it's only natural that the Pharaoh would be curious to meet his right-hand man's father. So the, the question is, how, how old are you? And the Pharaoh said uh, to Jacob, Asks him how old he is. He says, The days of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. So he's 130 years old, and he says that, that uh, they've been few. So that's, I think that's something to consider. The days of the years of my life uh, have been few and evil. In Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, it says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now, I just want to mention something here, kind of as a side note. I know it looks like I'm really nervous, I'm really not relaxed. Y'all have done nothing but made my wife and I feel welcome here from the, from the first time we made a trip here. And I don't know that we've ever really experienced such kindness. So I'm, I'm not the least bit nervous, I just have a little tremor that I'm dealing with. Um, I'm from Tennessee and we have a kind of a folk hero in Tennessee. He was a great American, Davy Crockett. Certainly wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man's man. He was a full-on man. And uh, one of the things that he had said, kind of a little uh, quotation that's worth taking notice of, he says, make sure you're right. Uh, 
and then go ahead. Make sure you're right and then go ahead. Get on with it. In Psalm 90, the days of our years are three score and ten. Ouch. And if by strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. In Ecclesiastes 12, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. <clears throat> it's uh, easy when you're young to have this idea that, well, I'll, I'll get around to it. Um, there's time for that tomorrow, which is uh, incorrect. Uh, uh, Especially, like for instance, you might be in your 20s and you have friends that are in their 20s and you see they're getting married and they're getting on with life. Uh, hopefully, you get a little, little unction from that, a little inspiration from that. And then you, a little bit later, you might be well into your 20s or even your 30s and you, and you still haven't married and you don't have any children and these other people have gone on with life and they're, they're building the, the, the kingdom on earth. Let that be a little bit of incentive to you. It's not necessarily your education or even your finances that make you do well in this life. It's just not true. It's a big fat lie that we've told over and over and over again, even sometimes by our parents. Oh, listen, you need to wait until you get your degree. You need to wait until you get that job. You need to wait until you build that house. Listen, you can wait your time right, right out of the, into oblivion. Now, I had read some years ago uh, a statistic I've actually heard Pastor Dan say this same statistic, and this will sound familiar to Alex because when he graduated from high school, his parents asked me to write him a note. And I use this very quotation, not maybe word for word, but 90% of all millionaires marry young. They stay married to the same gal, and they have lots of children. Amen. That's a fact. Now, this isn't your New York Playboy or your Hollywood jet setter that marries for position or uh, out of some kind of self-adulation. This is the man that lives down the road from you that uh, he, he may drive an older truck and he may have a plain house and he has uh, half a dozen children or more and he's uh, now he's got grandchildren and he has quietly gone about living his life in such a way that he's become quite wealthy. Uh, maybe not in, th he, he doesn't show it, he's not flamboyant. I remember reading a book years ago, I think it was called The Quiet Millionaire or The Millionaire Down the Street or something like that. And there are people that live in this community that are worth millions of dollars. And, it's, and you, can, you can bet if you go back and you look at their uh, look over the, the years of their life, they probably married young and they probably stayed attached to the same gal and they probably have a house full of children or did have a house full of children.
In Psalms 121, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in this time forth and evermore, forevermore. So <clears throat> that completely undoes, undoes the notion that your education is where your success is going to come from. It's the Lord that preserves us, and he'll see to it. Just be about his business and faithfully follow the example of other faithful Christian uh, families, and, and you'll see that bear fruit in your life. So I would uh, advise you to take notice of the time. It's an important factor. So this isn't just necessarily for the young person that's unmarried or for the young person who ha has no children yet. It could be for that middle-aged man or even that older man. There are still things. You're here for a reason. There are still things, business for you to do. Um, we all have Christian friends <clears throat> that are really not uh, knowledgeable about our message. It's time to tell them the message. This is the harvest time. This is the time. This time right now, it's never been easier to tell people who they are and where they come from and who they belong to. I truly believe that, and we're seeing that at home. We're seeing that ourselves. So <clears throat> how do we go about measuring time? It's not necessarily a good idea to measure your time against, against the forward motion of other people, but we measure time in two basic ways. We measure time with the clock, and we measure time with the calendar. You remember I said it, when you're a small child, every day is Saturday, and um, well, the calendar has a way of, of changing that. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment, because to every purpose there is a time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. So a wise man discerneth both time and judgment. And in Psalms 90, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days. So I think we should be taking notice um, of uh, the changes in our life. If things are coming, we should use this as a, as a way to motivate us to move. Now, I don't necessarily mean move to Shell City, but it could be maybe move to Shell City. It might be that, uh, it might be something as simple as just closing in your back porch so that you have a little bit more living space in your, in your house. And, a, and a, a beautiful day like today, how many times have you just kind of let the day slip by and you really don't have anything to show for it? And you could be making a plan, making sure that you're right, and then moving ahead. So I do believe that um, in this talk of time and seasons and clocks and calendars, there could be maybe somebody here that might find a little bit of motivation to move, to move on forward. I remember a conversation that I had. I have a little... Um, cabin on a little 
little 70 acre lake and it's where I lived up until the time that Kathy and I got married. And it simply wouldn't do for her because there's just not enough closet space. So uh, I had a neighbor that had a cabin next to, out, out there close to mine. And he came out there every single day. And uh, when he didn't fish, he was repairing bicycles. People will roll these bicycles out to the sidewalk or out to the to the trash heap, you know, for the trash man, and he would pick them up and refurbish them and just give them to children. And it was kind of a, was really a neat way for him just to do something nice for somebody. He happened to stop by my cabin one morning and I told him it was my birthday and he said, well, happy birthday. And I said, you know, it just seems like the other day I, I had a birthday. And he said, wait till you're my age and you start having two a year two birthdays a year. That, that has really kind of struck home with me. I turned 60 in February, and I'm telling you, I went to bed the night before last, and I was in my mid-50s. I mean, it, you just, it, it, it goes by fast, doesn't it? So uh, I say that to, to point out the fact that at least our perception time seems to accelerate the older you get. And so if you have certain things that you want to try to accomplish, then it would be a good idea uh, to, to get on with it. Maybe you're getting off to a late start. That's still no excuse to just throw your hands up and be idle and not do anything. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. <clears throat> Let me tell you, the enemy makes good use of their time. They, make, they get up earlier than we do, and they stay up later than we do, and they're about their father's business. So we have, we have every reason to to get on with the program. I mean, we found, and I've got, many, there's many, many more scriptural, scriptures that I could refer to. I'll, I'll refer to a few more. Therefore rejoice, this is out of Revelation 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth of the seal of the devil, for the seal of the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. You see, he's taking notice of the time and his clock is ticking. Well, your clock is ticking. Whether you be young or whether you be old, your clock is ticking. Uh, can we make up for lost time? Is there such a thing as that? Um, there are various scriptural references to redeeming time throughout the scriptures. Well, I've actually uh, been in meetings and even been involved in projects where a person would stop and pray to redeem time. And I, I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't work that way, that time can't be redeemed supernaturally, because we have some examples in the scriptures where it has been. But I really think that what it means to redeem time is set your alarm a few minutes early in the morning and get on with it, right? Maybe you work through lunch. 
It's not going to hurt you to miss a meal, is it? So there are ways that we can, even in the physical, we can redeem time by uh, putting, putting ourselves into motion and going ahead and doing things and following through. In Ephesians 5 and 16, uh, 15 and 16, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming time because the days are evil. Here we have that same phrase again, the days are evil. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time in Colossians 4 and 5. So uh, if you recall in Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he wants... He calls the magicians together and he wants uh, them to tell him not only what the dream means but what the dream actually is. And they really kind of start stalling for time. And he's hip to that. He says, They answered him and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream. We will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of a certainty that ye would gain the time because ye see the thing is gone from me. He, he's saying to them, you're just trying to buy time. You're stalling. That's what you're doing. You don't have the answer, but I've already made this proclamation that basically you're going to the electric chair and you're just stalling for time. I would say uh, not only that we need to make good use of our time, once we've made a determination that this is something that we need to do and you've got a plan, go ahead and jump on it and get started. Uh, be wise about it, though. Don't go off half-cocked. A gun that goes off half-cocked is not going to fire, so it's not going to do you any good. There is. I remember um, picking up on some phrase. It's probably just a cliché, but... It really stuck with me years ago. It says, start with uh, where you are, with what you have. Start where you are with what you have. What else is there? There, there, is, there is no other way to start. You start with where you're at. Okay, so let's say you're 100 pounds overweight. And when I was 49 years old, I'm about 5'10", and I weighed 273 pounds. And a lot of y'all knew me back then. And it took me about a year, but I made my mind up that my 50s were going to be better than my 40s, and they definitely were. But where do you start? I mean, it's always... We live in a time where everything is an occasion to excess. We go maybe eat with a friend, or we come in and we're hungry and, and we eat and it tastes good and we just continue to eat. You know, the Bible has a truckload to say about gluttony. It is a very serious, heinous sin. It's not just some little uh, trite thing to, to be mentioned and passed over. It is something that, that we are truly to consider. And uh, it's mentioned in the same breath as, as drunkenness over and over again. In the scriptures and it even talks about being drunk on food you know eating to excess well it isn't a message on gluttony or even on drunkenness but the fact is is that 
uh, where you are right now with what you have right now is a good opportunity for you to kind of start moving in the right direction. You could, well, there's no need for me to even tell you what you could do. How I did it was we uh, kind of followed a, a different uh, eating plan. But the, the truth is, is you could follow almost any plan if you'll just do it and stick to it and be diligent in it. So it doesn't matter so much if it's uh, your weight or your overall health or the condition of your household or the state of your family. Um, right now with what you got is where you start and the resources that you have. People come into the music store all the time and they've been given real bad advice. They say, go ahead and buy a real nice guitar. I'll, I, this is a solemn truth. Every single solitary really good musician that I know learned to play on junk. They got it in a yard sale, it cost them six bucks. Or they, they paid way too much for it, bought it online or at a pawn shop there locally in Branson and paid way too much for it. <laughs> no, uh, let me move on, I'm kind of stalling for time a little bit. There is also an acceptable time. The Bible speaks of it often enough. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. In an acceptable time. That's from Psalm 69 and Isaiah 49. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard thee. That's really good when the Lord hears you in an acceptable time. It's not too late. You know, it's not. It's not too late until it's too late. Let's put it that way. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard thee, in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee a covenant of the peace to establish the earth, to cause it to inherit the desolate heritages. Second Corinthians 6 and 2, it says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in a day of salvation have I secured thee, Behold, now is the, acceptable, is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of thy salvation. And then, of course, the one that you hear at every, every uh, funeral you've ever been to, from Ecclesiastes to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose unto heaven. So we have... Uh, Things that we, we're put, we're put here for a purpose. We take notice of certain things that we, that we need to do. And you get that uh, unction or that inclining from the Lord. And he says, uh, uh, maybe it's in a Bible study or it's just in your personal reading or prayer time and you get convicted for something, uh, start the forward motion. Make a plan. Start the forward motion. And go ahead and 
accomplish this task, accomplish that goal, do it before it's too late. I can speak to that a little bit. Um, I have one great regret in this world, one. You may have one. But I wasn't paying attention to the clock and to the calendar. I wasn't. Yeah, but you you were on about the business of the kingdom, and I wasn't. Even though I was a Christian, I had bought into that, oh, you can't afford children, it's too hard to raise children nowadays. Once you start having to ch children, your life is over, you can never do this, you can never do that. I'm telling you, that's the way they tell it. And I was scared to death. So, um, I, I can... I can speak to this. The days are evil. They're few and they go by quickly. Don't think, well, I have tomorrow. Remember the scripture where it said our, our days are three score and ten, and if by strength they may be four score. Um, I'm on the short side. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm used up or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. As a matter of fact, I feel like I'm just now getting off the ground. I mean, I really am. The Lord's using us in a powerful way there in Springfield, Tennessee. I mean, we are seeing, um, we have two Bible studies. One is seven men and the other is now 11 people. That, and it's, it's an identity-based Bible study. This isn't your, your little Judeo uh, devotional kind of thing, you know, uh, read, read some little quaint story about David and Goliath and then ask them about what the Goliath is in their life or some ridiculous thing like that. I mean, we're just, it's, it's, uh, we're seriously looking into it. And uh, so the, the Lord is using me. My life is not full of regrets. It's full of one regret. I have one regret. Take notice of the fact that as you get a little bit older, time does seem to accelerate. I know that some, some, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're getting off to a late start, perhaps you can make up for lost time. Perhaps you can redeem the time uh, by making good use of your time, by taking notice and getting on with it. Don't be victimized by time. Uh, be proactive in your pursuits. And I just want to, to the young people, I just want to say one more time, marry early, stay married to the same gal, and have lots of children. So I, I, don't, I hope this has been a, a motivation maybe to somebody in the room to get them to move. I don't... I think I'm probably well under time. So um, I think as you, as you get started, you uh, have a tendency to, you know, move along a little quick. So uh, hopefully this has been of help to somebody. I mean, maybe somebody has a question for you. Sure. Uh, okay. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you.
those wise words, and I can definitely say, uh, being 50 now myself, actually a little past, it, time definitely flies. And I think part of that is because uh, when you're young, you guys get a lot more done in the same amount of time that we can now get done. Number one, we enter a room three times trying to remember why we went into that room. <laughs> but, uh, then we have to leave often and go to the bathroom. Yes, then we have to leave. <laughs> then, then we can't find our drink, can't find our coffee. Yes, so it's uh, quite the... Uh, quite the entertaining deal, but definitely appreciate that message, Mr. Thank you. Marvin. So that was definitely, uh, time is one of those things that definitely you take for granted whenever you're young. You really do. So if I can ask a question, I mean, you know, because, I mean, you mentioned uh, that you were told that, you know, you shouldn't have children because basically evil time and they take too much time and money. So how would you say that then about this time we're living in because we all scream so loud oh my goodness these storm clouds are really moving in now mm -hmm. I mean how do you answer that then because we're always comparing it to our father's time I mean, how would you answer that well our father's time you mean as in father Abraham who was blessed beyond measure by by giving, by telling God, telling him that I'm going to increase your seed till it just populates the world practically, um, it's just part of that the lie that I mean the Bible is very clear about that. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to to put all of that on my parents, but I did kind of buy into that that notion and. I, I happen to believe that there have been time, in times past when it was worse than it is now. I mean, I, it ain't raining hail, uh, fire brimstone out there right now, and God wouldn't be above it. So I don't. I believe there have been times historically when it when people were even more decadent than they are now. Yes. children because uh, if we want our, our growing and teens and young adult children to have families, they have to have hope. Exactly. They must, absolutely must have hope. And, and we have a certain obligation to provide some hope by the way we talk and think and make our own choices. And the things we say and talk about a lot, I think, feed into that a great deal. And this is just my perspective. I think there's there's too much conversation in our movement, generally speaking, mm -hmm. that focuses on what I'll just loosely call conspiracy theories. Now, I realize many of those conspiracy theories turn out to be conspiracy facts, but that's not really the point. Whether they're false or true, a lot of attention and focus spent upon them breed fear. They absolutely breed fear, in my opinion. And so I think we need to be pretty kind of, kind of, kind of cautious, pretty cautious on, on how much time and energy we'll read, we'll think, we'll talk about, and versus spending our time in Scripture and in um, many other things that are worthy of reading and thinking about. Um, besides, uh, and because I, I have, I have, I can think of two or three people that I've met 
who have spent a lot of time thinking about all the bad things that various government agencies are doing and global costs, and they spend, and I can think of a lady right now I know, uh, and I don't know what happened to her, but essentially they, people that are, they, they, they she, she essentially went over the edge intellectually, spiritually, emotionally. Um, say that she went crazy is probably not inaccurate. I'm not sure what the clinical diagnosis was, but she spent a great deal of her life in enormous fear. And the fear was uh, out of spending a lot of time studying about all these terrible things that people are plotting against us. I'm not here to say that a lot of it isn't true. I'm just not sure it's wise for us to dwell upon that. Because it, 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 it breeds a spirit of fear. And it, it, I'm fear undermines hope. And our children must have hope. So that's, that's my two cents. Christianity grew because of the two plagues that went you know, throughout Rome. Destroyed much of Rome because God used those plagues. We could say, well, you know, they were judgment and such. But that judgment took the Romans that didn't believe, the pagans, out of Rome allowed the Christians to exist and all the people that God wanted to, to believe in him and trust in him were being taught by the Christians in and came to know Christ as well. So then you had the growth of Christianity to what it is now. And a lot of it, our forefathers that started this country had a whole different mindset than we do today. Mm-hmm. Their mindset was is tomorrow's a new day and we'll continue on. You know, mm-hmm. until Christ comes, we, we build, we this occupy buildings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Carpe diem. Yep. And then what I, I heard one time was really sank home for me is uh, why polish brass on a sinking ship and um, that stops everything doesn't it why do, you, why do you wake up in the morning if you have that belief well hence look at where that comes from it's rampant in this futurist dispensational type evangelical look into the future uh, why would you bother you're at the end <coughs>
they were at the bottom of the social heap. They were, if they were not slaves, they were just barely above the condition of slavery in Babylon. And, and, and that last phrase, I think, is significant. They had plenty of reason to be angry and bitter and hostile against anything that smacked of, of Babylonian anything. And God said, pray for the peace of the city that you're in. So, you know, we're in a, our, through our civil government, you know, okay, it's a mess. Well, we'll pray for the peace of this mess. Yeah. You know, it's just a mess. Fine. It's not the first time in world history that it's been an absolute mess at the top. And we are not the first time. No, we're not the first time. So, and perhaps it is because not we haven't been doing what we should have been doing, and that was yeah. seeking God. It's not necessarily that you're praying to bless evil people in high places. That's not really what it's saying, I don't think. It's just saying, pray that God will give you the the environment that will allow you to grow and prosper. And then just leave us alone. You know, so you know, even, even your lesson on Manasseh, though, in the end, yes, he was evil and stuff, but I mean, he was still used by God, turned back to God. But the point is, too, what uh, Brother Marlon mentioned, you know, even in this time, that clock five minutes earlier, wake up, because that five minutes is going to change the world or the future. Got a lot of good things that happened in that last five minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that out as an option. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been No, I'm joking. I sleep too much. <laughs> As you get older, you sleep more. So, yeah, you don't get near as much done. So, and in fact, you sleep when you weren't planning on going to sleep. So. <laughs> you have to be careful because your wife will paint your toenails and you not know it until you wake up. <laughs> and if you're lucky, your kids haven't covered them with socks and you don't find out about it till later. But not that I know anything about that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely appreciate what you had to offer today. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely a valuable thing to consider our time. So, but definitely to have hope in this time is most especially. I, I hope I didn't cause anybody to despair because that was not my intention. No, I didn't find any despair in what you said at all. You were just telling us to get busy, do what we need to do. So don't be afraid to have a family. Marry a wife. Absolutely. So. so. <laughs> but if everybody's... Uh, ready to uh, dismiss, I'll go ahead and have, uh, probably ought to have someone uh, ask for a blessing over uh, Mr. Rudd here and for uh, offering us this great message and uh, have somebody also probably offer an offering over the food. Actually, uh, I think what I'll do, if I could have you, Mr. Wiki, uh, say a prayer for Mr. Rudd and thankfulness for the word that we've had spoken today and then Mr. Kavasi, if I could have you uh, offer a blessing when he's done over the food, I'd appreciate it. Lord, thank you for uh, this great lesson we've had today. Just being able to come together and celebrate this and the safe travel that we're coming here and just let's, let's bless the food and